Hey friends, welcome to this session of the Abundant Woman virtual event. I am so excited you're here. I'm your host, Samantha Siemens, and I am here with actually one of my closest friends, Kara Stott. <laughs> you guys, I'm so excited that she's here. And today we are going to be talking about parenting teens and diving in when they want to push you out. And so this conversation is for the moms and you can be in the thick of teenage parenting or have kids like me that are younger and you know what to expect and what is to come. Um, but let's meet Kara. Kara is a wife of 23 years to her teenage sweetheart. She's a mom of three who's sending her first off to college, one in high school and one in elementary. So she's doing all the stages. <laughs> she's author of An Intentional Life and Adventures with Archer. She's event obsessed, loves hosting conferences and is incredibly good at it and retreats for women. She currently lives here in Nashville and dreaming of a farm to host more retreats soon. Welcome. Thank you, Sam. It's so good to be here with you yeah. in like virtual form. Usually it's opposite where it's like you're always online and then you're never in person and we're opposite, which is so awesome because we get to be in person lots. Because you came to Nashville to be with me. That's okay. Just kidding. We did. <laughs> Just kidding. You, were, you were one of the key things for sure. I'm so grateful. Um, okay. So my kids are, what are they? I don't even know. Five, six, 10, 11, almost 10, something like that. Mm -hmm. Right. So we are in elementary school and below. And so we are not quite to teenage years though. I've been a youth pastor for, and worked with young life for a lot of years, mm -hmm. but that's different than like raising them. <laughs> and so tell us what season you're sort of in now. Um, so actually it is different, but it is very similar. Um, okay. so Ooh. it's just more like close to home. So we have a deep background in young life as well. And my husband and I, like, literally we got married when I was 19 and we were in the youth, like in the high school ministry, like right after, <laughs> like yes. we were like in it. So we have been working with teens and around teens, like our whole marriage. And now we like have them. Like our kids have been at Young Life Camp since they were born, basically. I love that. And then all of a sudden we're like looking at them and we're like, you're the same size. Like this is so <laughs> weird. Um, but yeah, so I have an 18 year old. I have a 16 year old and a nine year old. So um for there was a few years there that we literally had like elementary, junior high, high school, and now we have still elementary, high school, and about to go to college in August. So Oh my goodness. It's a little crazy, but, um, but I do want to be really encouraging to the mamas out there that like teenage, like I wouldn't have believed it 10 years ago, but you know how you, when your babies are babies, you're like, oh my gosh, I love this stage. This is the best stage. And then they get a little older and they're like able to talk to you and you're able to like not feed them every two hours. And you're like, yes. this is the best. And then they go to school and then you're like, this is the best. Like either like figuring out life and they're answering questions and they, you know, they like do things and then they get to that eight, nine, 10 age, which is solidly like one of my favorite ages. And you're like, mm -hmm. this is the best. I want to encourage parents that like, I think that like junior high, high school is like the best. And it's not that I don't love the other years. Cause when I was in them, I thought they were the best too, but they're not like high school years are nothing to fear. Um, I know that we have a lot of things that our kids are facing that we didn't face as high schoolers, but it is literally my favorite stage. So if that's Which is you. so, <laughs> yes, that's so encouraging because it's so like opposite of culture because mm -hmm. culture will tell you that like, yes, the little years are the hardest, but soak them up. They're the best years. 
And then like maybe the culture tells us that toddlers are awful and then like you get older and it gets harder. But I always kept thinking like, it's not, I mean, yes, it's each season is hard because being a nursing mom with a newborn is super hard, but also being the mom that's waiting for a call for your kid to check in when they're out doing their thing. Like that's also hard. It's just different, hard and different goods, you know? Yeah. I, kudos to the moms who have like seven, eight kids and they have high schoolers and the littles at the same time. I've never been in that stage. My oldest was nine when Logan was born. So it was like, I was kind of there, but not anywhere near like they have a license and they're out on their own. And then I'm also up with a newborn like that. Like I can't even fathom. So like big props to those mamas. But I always say that the little years are physically exhausting and the older years, like 11 up is like emotionally exhausting. Um, And then it goes back to physically exhausting because they're up so late. (laughs) Like I am (laughs) constantly telling my kids that they have a curfew, not because I don't want them out, but because I want to go to sleep. Like it's like a whole situation. I'm like, please don't be back like later than 1030. And they're like, why not? Like my friends are out, you know, doing whatever. I'm like, mommy wants to go to bed. (laughs) I don't want to wait for you. It's fun because we have this relationship now that we can have this discussion. And it's not like, oh, my mom trusts me. It's like this mutual respect of like, oh, I'll be home on time. So that you know, you can go to bed. And so it takes a lot of intentionality to build that where they're not feeling like I've got this thumb on them and like need them home because I don't trust them or something. But um, we just have this friendship now and a mutual, you know, respect um, that has created a really pleasant culture in our house around a time that, you know, society says this is a horrible season. Like you're going to hate having teens, but (laughs) I really love it. But you love it. Yes. Yes. And Ava's wonderful. Okay. So let's backtrack then because how, what are some key things you think helped you to get to this point? Like looking back, what did you do intentionally to make sure you have awesome teenagers? A lot of things. Um, I was fortunate enough to have like one of my best friends slash big sisters that God gave me that she was 10 years ahead in her journey. And when actually when I was pregnant with Logan and nobody knew yet, I was literally like eight weeks pregnant and the other kids were six and eight. I um, took a train up to, she lived seven hours away in Washington. And when my husband was on a missions trip in Uganda and I stayed with her for like a week and was around all of her teenagers. And now all of her teenagers are, you know, in their twenties and they're married and she has eight grandkids and she just has this like beautiful legacy family that you dream of. But I saw the writing on the wall when I was there, when they were teenagers, you know, like I could see the relationships. And I said, I want this for my family. How did you do this? And she was like, you have to have the really weird conversations. And she's like, you have to have so many weird conversations that the weird conversations aren't out the window anymore, you know? And literally just a few weeks ago, one of my kids was like, mom, this is such an awkward conversation. I don't want to have it with you. And I was like, I know it's an awkward conversation. And I said, but that's why we need to have it because this is really important. And the more like... Once we like got, it's kind of like when they get to that age and you're like, they have to know about periods and they have Mm -hmm. to know about like, they're asking the birds and the bees. It's literally like 
that further. <laughs> it's like, you're going to be like, I literally, sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, like my face was, should be 90 million shades of red right now. <laughs> because the things that these kids are facing and that they're mm -hmm. hearing, whether they're, mine are in private school and homeschool. Um, so they're definitely more on the sheltered end of like what they hear, but they're still in the world. Like they still go to the library and see whatever on the cover. So the things that we've had to talk about, like, I don't, can I say some of these things? Like, I don't, <laughs> want to. Really like, like there's hand signals for things. And like, I've had to like, look up stuff. Like, I don't know what this means. And, but they are trying to navigate, I mean, think about navigating this world as I'm 41, as a 41 year old or th in your thirties, think of trying to navigate this world as a 13, 14, 15, 16 year old. Yeah, like, no. They're going to have these questions anyways. They're going to mm -hmm. try and figure out what does this mean anyways? If we aren't a safe space in the awful, crazy questions, in the like really difficult conversations, really embarrassing conversations, if we're not a safe space, they're going to find that somewhere and they're not going to get the same guidance and the same answers. Um, and then it creates this like, well, now I don't have a safe place at home. So then they go to try and find a safe place. You know what I mean? Yes. And, and they have phones and technology or computers <laughs> or whatever. And so Google is so accessible that, but Google does not discern and obviously doesn't have the Holy Spirit and like doesn't and filter. Other yes. Way, you know. Yes. And so it doesn't filter for specifically for our kids where <laughs> we can have that conversation cater to our kids and what they can handle and even probably a little beyond what they can handle. Whereas Google, it's like, here's everything, right? Right. And that brings me to a good question of like, we also have very, very strict internet rules. So yeah. like everything is linked up to my, like my YouTube. So if they, you know, if they're on YouTube, then I'm going to see all the search history and I'm going to, you know, whatever. And they only are supposed to do YouTube, like in the main living room where we're all at. And, um, I've taken like Safari and Google like off of their phones. And so they don't necessarily have access to everything. But if you're in a school, like even our homeschool was like everything, um, our tutorial was online. And I was so frustrated because I'm like, I'm trying to get away from the internet. Um, and here's this tutorial that has stuff that they need to check online. Well, then, you know, Google's right there and they're searching for something and something might pop up. And um so we just have to be like, there's no off limit questions and there's no off limit topics. And you have to get to be on their level of like, other parents may not agree with this. And that is fine. That's the way that they're going to choose to do there. But I was like, okay, how can we get them to like open up and be okay having some of these conversations? So we like watch the office together and we have like all of the, that's what she said jokes and all of that stuff, which is totally just the way that we have had to to because they're having these conversations anyway they're joking yeah. with people and their friends anyway so I didn't want to be the place and I have many of my kids friends who were like oh my gosh your parents are okay if you make that joke or you're oh my gosh your parents are okay with you talking about that and my kids are like yeah I tell my mom everything like I like Ava will say all the time my mom's my best friend I tell her everything and her friends are like well I can't talk to my parents about that yeah. that's weird so it is a little bit dicey because it's like, well, it's not like I want to promote dirty jokes, you know, but I also am like, I want them to know that, that I'm a safe space always. 
Yeah. And if, and if joking like that, or, you know, obviously we don't do like massively crude things, but it's just one of those like really weird lines yeah. of how do we open up the conversation? And then it also is like, okay, like this is like a funny thing and this is like over the line crude thing. And this is not honoring the Holy spirit. Does that make sense? So it's, totally. it's a very weird line. Um, yeah. but just being in the word and filling your house with worship and, uh, praying like legitimately nonstop, um, like he will guide you through how to yeah. converse with your kids. That's funny. You know what I just thought of when you were talking about the office and comedy and things like, and obviously age appropriate, like my kids would think the office is boring, Matt and I think it's hilarious, mm-hmm. but they, um, in, in ministry in youth ministry and young life, comedy is one of those things that you learn because it opens up the kids is bound or like walls. It, it like decreases their walls. It opens up their sense of having fun. And when you have fun, you trust people. Like there's also intentional, um, ways that we've learned through ministry of using comedy to get to the heart of a person because comedy is like, it's encompassing all ages, all groups, you know? And so, yeah, I love, I love that. That's so cool that you, and you have a common like ground of we all like this and can watch this and can make jokes about this. And then also opens up conversation for the not as funny things. <laughs> it really does. Cause it's like, okay, if I can, if we're watching this and we laugh about it, then it's like, we can like sideline like truth in there. Like, mm-hmm. and we do constantly of like, well, that's not an honoring way to treat someone or like, that's yeah. not, you know? And so like every single ha- thing that happens is like, that's our opportunity to like get in the truth so that when they encounter things in the real world, because they will, you know, in their mind, it's like, there's something that they either know is okay or not honoring. And so it's very, it was like, it gave a lot of talking points through, and I'm not by any means saying if to your viewers, go watch the office at all. <laughs> I'm just saying, um, figure out ways to open up conversations where yeah. they don't feel shameful talking to you. Like that is literally the bottom line of like, how can they open up the the room so that they are feel okay being open? And sometimes that takes like, you know, like when you're like stretching, when you're stretching and you stretch a little bit farther than you need to. And then the next time, like if you start here and you're stretching to here and it hurts. And then if you stretch really far, then going even to here doesn't hurt as much. Yeah. It's kind of like that situation. Yeah. Of like, let's talk about really weird things. And then it's not weird to talk about this anymore. Yes. Because <laughs> then we'll go back to this. I yes. let. When we, uh, we've had hard conversations, obviously with the younger, like the older, my older kids, but not your older kids, you know, um, and we've taken them out to do something they like. So like we've played football with Caleb and then mm-hmm. have had hard conversations. And, and so I think that's cool too, with teen in the teenage aspect, like keeping it about them. Like, I'm not going to sit them down on the couch and open my Bible and be like, let's talk about sex. And no. so that's just not how it would come across well. And so thinking about your kids, thinking about what they like, um, involving them in the process in that way, I think is super important. I have a question when it comes to religion though, because I've even had moms, actually, I should probably do a podcast episode on this for the younger kids, because I've had quite a few moms ask me like, what do you do 
with like religion in your home with younger kids? And for me, I feel like the answer is different than when I have teenagers. For me, I'm like, we go to church, we have values, we read it like, and it is part of our life. And so hopefully doing this now at our age will help when I get to your age. But what do you do with like freedom of religion, if you will, with teenagers? So we, during COVID, we lived across the street from pastors and they were some of our dearest friends and they had teenagers that were just like a year older than maybe two years older than Ava, I think. And so we had similarly been like, what do you do? Like, you know, and he had said, you know, we built this habit. I mean, obviously they were pastors, they were church planters. They had built this habit of going to church. And he's like, we hope that this rhythm stays and we hope that they want to go, but there comes a point where if you strong arm them, it gets worse and it like backfires. And so he was a real advocate of like, if he wants to go, then he comes. And that's great because it's kind of like a little bit related to like, God is after your heart, you know? So it's like, he wants a cheerful giver. He doesn't want you to be like begrudgingly tithing, you know? So that's kind of how we equated it was like, okay, this is what our family is doing. This is what the rest of us are doing. If you would like to join us, that is great. And we would love to have you. If not, if this is too much for you today, then, then, you know, feel free to stay home. We have found that that approach has led the kids to um, really want it for themselves and really realize like, okay, why am I going to church? And what is this about? And what do I want my life to look like? We talk to them a lot about what do you want your future life to look like? Do you Mm. want to marry someone who loves the Lord? Do you want to marry someone? Do you want to go to church as a family? And for our son, do you want to lead your family to church? You know, and those kinds of questions of like asking them for one, it it acknowledges that they are not a little kid, that they're their own person, that they're growing up. We have to give them the space to grow up because like, when they're little, it's like, so give I. And like yes. I give him a hug. And like, and now it's like, Hey bud, can I give you a hug? And if he doesn't want to, I have to just like, sweet, you know, give him, give him the time to be a man. Like that's been the hardest one for me. Ava was way less challenging because she's a girl and like, I can just buddy up with her with yeah. Isaiah. It's like, I'm literally raising a man and I'm raising a leader of a household. And so mm-hmm. I can't come in as the mom and be like the momming, the li- like the demeaning, like not that I was ever demeaning, but, but be yeah. like w- treating him like he's making mm-hmm. like Logan, like treating him like a littler kid. And so I'm like, well, how do you want to lead your family? And if you want to lead your family, then you need to step up into that role now, you know, step up, like start exercising those muscles of like being a church person, like being yeah. a, someone who on their own goes to church and that has proven well like there's sometimes like you know he's in certain activities and there's certain times that he doesn't go but i would say 90 percent of the time he goes on his own and i love though that you're having because so many times i feel like and maybe it's because like we planted churches and so like it's just different perspective but so many times i feel like Church is just a Sunday activity or a Wednesday night youth group activity. Like it's just two hours a week. And really, like you just said, you have, you've had conversations with the kids all week long about church, about God, about relationships and all of these things. And so that creates a culture in your home of 
church is not the end all be all. Yes, it's important to be in community, but also mm-hmm. where is your relationship with God like outside of that? And I feel like that's a beautiful thing because there might be seasons like in college or wherever that the kids ha- don't find a church home right away. Or, mm-hmm. and if they are like, if their whole identity of Christianity is in four walls, then I feel like there'll be a gap that isn't tendered to, you know what I mean? But because you're having conversations about relationship with the father and religion and, and church or whatever outside of Sunday and Wednesday, then it helps them have critical thinking skills for like the future, <laughs> like when they are grown. And yeah, a hundred percent. Cause it's not a one day a week relationship. Mm-hmm. Like imagine if no. you just checked in with your husband once a week, that's so weird. Um, so weird. You know, like that's, that's a little strange. So like, we're, we're constantly, well, what is the Lord telling you about that? Like, have you prayed about it? Have you, like, if they start panicking, if they start spiraling, which is a constant situation, not constant, frequent situation frequent, yeah. in the school realm, um, like our job as parents is to disciple them and teach them how to walk through that on their own. Um, you know, without being like, well, you're crazy or you just need to go, go shopping. Cause this is a big thing. Like, well, why don't you just like put a mask on it? Like go, go shopping, like ignore your feelings, like go get ice cream, whatever. No, like yeah. what is going to carry them through adulthood and what is going to carry them into being wives and, and husbands and mothers and fathers in the future. Like it's this weird shift of like, when your kids are little, you're like, well, how are they going to, like, I want to raise like good, big kids people. And now I'm literally like thinking it's like, there's a flip that a switch that flipped that was like, you're, this is the next generation. Like now my head is thinking, how can I prepare them to be good adults and husbands and wives and parents for the grandchildren? Like, and to think that I'm thinking of grandchildren in this phase feels really weird, but, um, it's just kind of that perspective shift shift of how can I disciple them in this? And so, um, you know, Ava has been going through some stuff like getting ready for college and with relationships and she's been having some hard times. And, and so my thought process is like, well, how can you get alone with the Lord? Like what helps you reset, you know? And she's like, well, I'll go take a bath and listen to worship music. And then she journals, you know? And so it's like, those are rhythms. Those are things that she can get in her heart that like, no matter what comes down the pipe later, um, it's not like, oh, go shopping. Like, oh, let's go. Cause yeah, sure. We'll have a go go fun or have a fun mother daughter day or whatever. But it's like, what is really going to help her get through this is connecting with the father. And if she has a question about what her major should be, or should I date this boy? Or should I like, whatever it is, well, what lines up with um, your values and what lines up with the vision that you have for your future? You know, like, does this person or does this activity line up with your values? Yes. Yes. But do they line up with the vision you have for your future? Maybe not like, and so that's kind of those checklists along the way really help in between the church services. But I do feel like, um, you know, church is a, is a vital thing. (laughs) It's important for us to be involved in it. But if you're in a season where you haven't found a church home or your kids are in really busy seasons, teaching them in between is, is the padding. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny because I, that's yes. I just realized that your mind shift is different because you're right. Mine right now is trying to teach the kids how to be good grown ups, Yes. But more so teenagers, more mm-hmm. individuals. And then also 
it's important to me that they know why they believe what they know. Like not just I am against this, but why are you against this? What does the Bible say? Right. So that they can stand on their own feet in their teenage years. Cause I know it's going to get harder, but you yeah. have done that work. So you're thinking grown up and beyond. And that is, that's really cool. Like a, honestly, that's encouraging to me because it means when I get to your point, I can then worry about next and not be like, okay, if I mess this up now, they're going to be horrible adults and you're going to end up in jail. Or like, you know what I mean? Like worst case scenario, like, no, we can just get, we can focus for the next season. And then that next season will provide the stuff for the following the past that you're forging now with these little ones that I'm still doing with Logan is like, like you said, why do you believe what you believe? And do you believe that Jesus is the son? You know, is that is he your yeah. savior? And if he's your savior, the whole word is true. And if the whole word is true, then that forms your worldview and like how you look at things and what you support and what you don't. And so by the time that your kid, the, that these little ones that we have right now are yeah. like teenage age, that should be pretty, like a pretty good rut, like in your brain pathways um, of like, this is what I believe because this is what I've been standing on my whole life. And then from there, it's like, okay, from what you believe, let's help you make good decisions yeah. that line up with those beliefs that will help you get the vision that you have for your life or the vision that God has put on your heart for your life. Um, because, you know, we just had a situation where it was like a dating situation of like, this is a good kid. Like these are mm -hmm. good kids. They're not off doing things. Praise the Lord. Um, but is this who God has? Like, is this, does this line up with what you want to do in the future? Not so much, you know? And so it's a lot of conversations like that of like, do we do something that feels comfortable and good in the moment? Like, mm -hmm. you know, just because that person's paying attention to you, it might feel nice that they're doting all over you and bringing you flowers or whatever, but is that the right thing? Like, is that the best that God has? So it's a lot of like, it changes from, please don't jump off that thing. <laughs> please, you know, stop eating all the yes. sweets. Like, changes from that to like, you become like counselor and and they open up at night. So it's like from 8.30 PM to like last night, it was like midnight. It was like, they're just wanting Counting your company yes. and, you know, sitting, watching shows with you or, you know, listening to music or doing a project or, or cooking. There's a lot, a lot of cooking. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Eating, um, you know, and it changes from that counseling of like, what should I do in this situation? But all the years that you're in with the littles, open that up to where now they'll talk to us about anything you know those years of like that stretching of like let's talk about really weird things or like let's joke about really weird things then it like opens them up to now they trust us to to give insight and input into their decisions which yeah. i feel like is a huge honor because most of their friends have come to them and said i can't talk to my parents about that and so I don't know. It just feels like fruit of all the tending. Okay. Yes. Yes. Tending. Okay. I already know this answer, but I'm going to ask you anyways, just to clarify for the audience, but where do you get all your answers from? How are you? So why is Kara, where does all of this knowledge come from? Where does it come from? The Holy spirit, <laughs> um, the comforter and guide and discerner of our days. It's literally like, I mean, I feel like I'm praying all the time. Like, I feel like I'm like, Lord, show me what, 
show me what to do. Like I am co-parenting them with him. He is our father. Like we are stewards of them as earthly parents, but like, I want to make sure that I'm doing the best that I'm saying the best things that I'm like giving them the right information, you know, cause my flesh, like I was not parented that way. And mm-hmm. so my default pattern, the like roots in my pattern are like, let's go get ice cream. Well, okay. Let's back that up again a bit and be like, for me, it was, let's go get ice cream. Cause the food is comforting. Like, that's what it was. It was yeah. like, okay, here's my coping food, skill. Mm-hmm. Here's a coping skill of eating now. It's, Hey, let's go get ice cream because the time is valuable. So it could be, let's go get a nice tea. Like you could change that up because the food isn't the reward. It's the time. Mm -hmm. And so now it's like, Hey, let's go on a late night drive, which is, is literally the money shot of teenagers. Okay. So if it's like, if they're having a hard day, if whatever, like take them away from the rest of the group of all the siblings and all the things of fighting for attention, be like, Hey, let's go for a drive. Hey, let's go grocery shopping. Hey, let's go. Like Ava still to this day is like, goes grocery shopping with Isaac all the time. Like she just wants that one-on-one, let's go out, do something together. Um, and so teaching them, like, those are the things that's like, you have to tune in and then you have to also be obedient to do that because there's times when I'm like, Lord, what should I do? And the yeah. Lord's like, get out of bed and go downstairs. And I'm like, I don't, <laughs> don't want to do that. It's 10 o'clock at night. I just want to go to sleep. Like, I just want to go to sleep. And, but the Holy Spirit is like, but your kids want something like your kids need something. They need you to be there. Like there was one time that I fell asleep before my son came home. And the next day he literally was like, mom, you did not wait up for me. There was nobody here when I came home. And I was like, this is my super introverted kid that doesn't talk much. That's like very hard to get out of a shell. And I literally was like, I didn't think you'd care. And he's like, but you're always here. Mm. And I was like, okay. So then it's like, you got to make those intentional decisions. So yes, ask the Lord. But then you've got to know that if you ask the Lord, you need to act. You can't just be like, I couldn't just like sit in bed and be like, well, the Lord's going to parent him. Like, you know, I already heard. Yeah. So I was like, well, and obviously like make it sure it lines up with the Bible. So it's like Holy Spirit, Bible the Holy Spirit's not going to tell you something that's against the Bible. Sometimes your own flesh will, you know, that you think might be him. Yeah. So, yeah. So line it up with the Bible, put it into action. Yeah. And then Do anything he told you. <laughs> <laughs> Other parents who've been there before you, you know, like get yourself some, like, there is a reason that we all like the, the original communities were villages and they were multi-generational. Like we were not meant to do this life with just parents that are like just the other people at preschool mm-hmm. or yeah. just the kids in your middle school, you know, home group. Like we were meant to have friends older and younger by certain seasons because we can't figure it out alone, like all on our own. Like we need to lean on the people who've gone before us. And so I've had friends that have done that for me and I, I hope that I'm able to do that for others. So that's where I get it. Yay. I love it. Okay. Before we wrap up and share some super exciting things, can you just give a word of encouragement directly to the woman listening who maybe is in the thick of teenagehoods or maybe she's nervous because she's about to hit the, all the hormones and things. And so speak directly to her. 
speak directly to her. I would tell her that you're doing better than you think. Um, just have just being there and having your presence is often the biggest key. Um, like my son wanted me to be home when I or awake when I, he came home and I wasn't that time. And so just being there and being around is is 99% of the situation. Um, and just keep, keep opening up. Um, when you hear that thing of like, this is a really weird thing. This is a really hard topic. Like just ask the Lord for guidance and strength because there's been times where I've been like, I don't want to talk about this. This feels too heavy. This feels too weird, especially with some of the topics coming up in mainstream today. Um, but nothing is too much for our father. And if nothing is too much for our father, then nothing should be too much. (laughs) You know, like we should, we should like lean on him to be the best support we can for our kids. So hang in there. Mm-hmm. It's going to be awesome. Keep those communication lines open and cook lots and lots of food. Like just cook <laughs> all the food all the time and have an open door policy. Cause if you have an open door policy, the kids will show up. Yes. Food and they will come. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you so much for this, Kara. Thank you for this conversation and for sharing your heart and your personal stories. I appreciate it. Before we go, friends, we are, um, I'm going to let you talk about it, but each, um, each speaker has given us something on their heart that they want to share with you, the viewer, as we go through this virtual event. And so Kara, can you, uh, tell them about Haven? Yes, yes, I can. Um, so we have developed an app. Um, that is basically Christian, biblically based Christian community for women. Um, it came out of the stuff that happened during COVID and all of the silencing and all of the, like, if you're speaking about the Bible or you're speaking about biblical truths, um, a lot of times people were getting suppressed and deleted and all of that stuff. So we wanted a safe place to share biblical values and connect with people who were parenting the same way we were, who were um, you know, going to God for their family, (laughs) family values. Um, and so we created an app called Haven. It's H-A-V-N without the E, uh, because the Scandinavian version of it. And we do daily devotionals. So this fall, we're going to be launching daily devotionals on there, similar to like, I don't know, a daily devotional like a daily bible app yeah like a daily bible app there's but we're opening it up so that people can submit devotionals because we want to give place a place for women like you to share your stories and your testimonies and we're going to feature a new um, devotional author every day and so yeah it's totally free and we'd love to have you join it's joinhaven.com without the e so j-o-i-n-h-a-v-n.com And we'll be starting to do daily devotionals um, launching in September. Yay. Okay. All the links for that will be below. So you will have that and join it. Sign up right now at this event. And we can't wait to see you in that app as well. Okay. That is a wrap. Thank you so much, Kara. Thank you. It was good to be here. (laughs) 